Welcome to Science is Fun E. I'm your host, Private, aka Avery Adams. I am now 10 years old and currently going into the fifth grade. Joining me today is Skipper, aka Craig Jurinji, who is an old nerd. Hey, not funny, Private. Kind of funny, Skip. <laughs> hey, Skip, how come you have grease all over your hands? You should really wash them. Sorry, I was working on Harriet, my car, and was late for the podcast. I'll wash them later. You call your car Harriet? I thought that was the name for the bunny in the last episode. Yeah, Harriet's my car. She's my friend. She takes me to work and home again, but she had trouble breathing, so I had to replace her air filter. Okay, Skip, don't tell me you think she's alive. That's ridiculous. Cars aren't alive. Everyone knows that. Hmm. They do pretty much all the things living things do. Uh, well, they don't eat. Well, what is eating? You know, putting food in your mouth, chewing, swallowing. Well, is a tree alive? Yeah, of course. Well, trees don't have mouths, so they certainly can't put food in them. Instead, they take carbon dioxide, a gas from the air, and water from the ground, and use sunlight and chlorophyll. They make their own food. And by the way, wise guys, cars do eat. No way. Yep. About once a week, I bring Harriet to the car cafeteria and fill her up with car food. Huh? Car cafeteria? Car food? You're crazy. What are you talking about? Well... I guess you call them gas stations. When you go to the people cafeterias, you get a choice of food. Car cafeterias give cars a choice of the kind of food, too. You know, the regular gas, high octane. It's car food. Skip, it's not the same as people food. Private, all food is just a way to store energy. In people food, the energy is stored in attractive forces called bonds between the atoms. Remember, when we break those bonds, you get the energy to do the things you want. Car food is gasoline. It stores energy in the same bonds, and cars get their energy when they break them, just like people. Hmm, I never thought of it like that. I guess it takes a weirdo like you to think of things like that. Hey, I'm not weird. Yes, you are. Alright, so cars and people both eat, but cars don't have eyes, so they can't see. Well, eyes, nose, and ears are all just types of sensors. Sensors pick up certain information about the area around you and give it to your brain. Your brain looks at the information and decides what to do. A sponge is alive, and it doesn't have eyes, noses, or ears, and doesn't even have a brain. Many other living things don't either. However, Harriet does have sensors that tells her about what's going on around her, and even has a computer brain that tells her when to slow down or speed up. So there, wise guy. Cars don't grow. Yeah, but crystals do grow, but they aren't alive. Well, cars can't poop or pee. Private, all living things have to get rid of waste stuff. Have you ever seen the exhaust pipe of a car? Um, yeah. Well, that's where Harriet gets rid of her waste stuff. When we eat, we can't use all the stuff that's in the food. Some of it just passes on through from your mouth to your butt. Also, materials in the blood have to stay at just the right amounts. Not too much, not too little. When there's too much of something in the blood, the kidneys remove it and send it to a storage sack called the bladder. When the bladder gets a certain amount in it, It sends a signal to the brain, and it tells you, you gotta pee. I know cars don't breathe. Gotcha! Cars aren't alive. (laughs) Well, private, breathing is just moving air into and out of our lungs. And granted, Harriet doesn't have lungs, but neither do many other living things. What kind of living things don't breathe? Well, all kinds of worms. The flatworms and the roundworms, the worms you go fishing with, jellyfish, sponges, none of the plants do. But all living things do take gases from the air and send gases out from their bodies. What do you mean by that? Well, even though those things don't have lungs, they still take in oxygen that they need from the air or water, and they release CO2 back into it. 
only they do it over their entire bodies or through leaves, not through lungs. We and other animals have special places called lungs or gills where that exchange of oxygen and carbon dioxide can take place. Does Harriet exchange oxygen and carbon dioxide too? Just like us, Harriet takes oxygen from the air and releases CO2 and some other gases back into the air. Hey, you called her Harriet. Are you starting to think she's alive too? No, I'm starting to think you're crazier than I always did. Skipper, your car is not alive for the last time. Okay, okay, you're right. But you do have to admit, she does do pretty much everything that living things do. Well, she doesn't follow rule number two, make more of yourself or reproduce. Well... Cars don't make more cars. They need robots and people to make them. Well, viruses can't make more viruses without help from other living things either, wise guy. All right, all right, she's alive, I give up! Wait, no, I don't give up. I know your car is not alive. I just can't prove it. I'm only ten, so is she really alive? No. You spent all that time trying to convince me that your car is alive and now you just say no? Come on, Skipper. I'm sorry, you're right. I just wanted to point out that should people ever go to another planet, it may be pretty hard to tell if what we find there is alive or not. You could have just said that. This was more fun. Not for me. Well, it was kind of interesting, though. Um, Skip, what does happen to food when we eat, anyway? Hey, it's time for some research! So, Private, what does happen to food when we eat? Well, we know that the first place the food goes in is the mouth. That's where your teeth smash up the food into small pieces. Why do we have to do that? Dinosaurs and sharks just bit off huge chunks and swallow. Snakes swallow their prey whole. How come we have to chew and they don't? Well, it's easier to break food down into molecules if we first break it up into small pieces. Do you remember what molecules are, Skipper? Not funny, Private. Kind of funny, Skip. Well, in case you forgot, molecules are the smallest part of something that still is that something. Oh, uh, of course. Okay, so could you give me an example? Sure. Okay, let's take water, for example. If we look at smaller and smaller amounts of water, we would finally get to one molecule of it. And if we break that molecule, we won't have water anymore. What we will have is oxygen and carbon dioxide, the things that make water, but we won't have water. You see, a molecule is the smallest thing that still is that thing. Okay, so what does it have to do with eating? Skip, all the food that we eat is made of molecules, and in order to get the molecules we need, we have to break the food into smaller and smaller parts until all the food is just a bunch of molecules, and that's where the teeth come in. Teeth break up the food in smaller pieces, so the rest of the digestive tube can finally get to the molecules. Okay, so then what comes next? Well, when we swallow the broken up pieces, they go to the stomach for about a half an hour. Uh, an hour and a half. I get those mixed up sometimes. While they are in there, they get mixed up with acids and a bunch of other stuff that breaks it up into even smaller pieces. So, after the stomach, where does it go? After the time is up, the stomach squeezes the stuff into a very long part of the tube called the small intestines. It's the first part of the small intestines that finally breaks the stuff down to molecules. There are a couple of other parts that help it do that. Well, like what? One thingy is called the liver, and another is called the pancreas. The liver makes something called bile, and the pancreas makes a lot of other stuff, but I'm not very sure how they all work. Well, that's pretty good, Private. Let me give you some help. Do you like Italian dressing on your salad? Yeah, but my favorite is honey mustard. Okay, so when you use Italian dressing, what do you have to do before putting it on your salad? Well, sometimes I have to shake it up first. Why? It's all separated stuff there floating on the top and stuff on the bottom. 
Well, the stuff on the top is vegetable oil, and it doesn't dissolve in water like salt or sugar and other stuff does. So if we leave the bottle alone for a while, the oil and water, they'll separate. What does this have to do with bile, exactly? Patience, Private. You see, to try to keep the oil and water together for long enough time for you to put it on your salad, people who make Italian dressing sometimes use a material to help break the droplets of oil into very small droplets so they stay mixed up longer. Bile is that type of material. It helps to break up fat and oil into very tiny droplets. Why do we need that? Well, for a couple reasons. One, small droplets of oil are easier to break down into the molecules that they are made of. And two, bile helps to absorb the oil into the lymphatic tubes, not the blood. What's the lymphatic tube? Well, did you ever get a blister? Yeah, it was filled with some clear stuff. Right, that clear stuff is lymph. The lymphatic tube is like the drainage system of the body, and it's filled with that clear fluid. The drainage system, like the drains in my tub and sink? Why do we need a drainage system? Well, for the same reason your house needs one. See, some of the tubes that carry blood are so small and tiny that they leak, and the leaks are very small, so small that red blood cells can't even get through, but clear fluids can. And if we didn't have a drainage system to take them away and put them back into the blood, we'd be in trouble. Oh, and our army is located there, too. You mean the army that protects us from bad bacteria and viruses? Right. And that stuff the pancreas makes does a lot of stuff too, like keeping the sugar in the blood at the proper levels, making materials called enzymes to finally break all that food down into molecules. So tell me, that first part does an awful lot. And what does the rest of it do? Um, the rest of that tube tries to get those molecules into our blood so we can use them for stuff we need. Well, what do we do with them? Some is moved to our muscles and nerve cells so they can be used for the energy those cells need to work. Some of them are stored up so we can use them at a later time, and some is used to build new cells or replace worn-out cells. Oh, so then what happens? At the end of the small intestine is a shorter but larger tube called the large intestine. That makes sense. What happens there? The large intestine is the last part of the tube. It's divided into a number of parts, and it's loaded with bacteria. The large intestines and bacteria help to get back the water and stuff we need, like vitamin K that helps our blood clot. And if something goes wrong in the large intestines and they don't get enough water back into the blood, we get diarrhea. Yuck. Skip, it is yucky, but diarrhea is very dangerous and can lead to dehydration, but I'm not sure what that is. Dehydration happens when a person or animal or plant loses too much water from their body. Water is very important to all living things and has to be kept at certain amounts in the blood or the body can't work very well and may die. Remember the kidneys? Their job is to make certain that all the materials the body needs is kept at the correct amounts, including water. But sometimes the body loses so much water through diarrhea that the kidneys can't keep enough in the blood and dehydration occurs. So what can a person do to prevent that? Well, the easiest way is to make sure you drink enough clean water. Can we drink soda? That has water in it. But private, that also has sugars and sometimes caffeine. Good clean water is best. So tell me, what happens at the end of the large intestines? Um, well, by that time, the stuff reaches the end of the large intestines, and most of the good stuff has already been taken out, and the rest is just waste. The waste is what poop is. Whenever that happens, the large intestines sends a message to the brain, and the brain tells you, you gotta go. Hey, that reminds me, I have to go. Gross. No, no, to wash my hands, remember? Right.
that's our podcast for this week. Come back next time for another episode of Science is Fun E. Oh, and don't forget to visit our website, www.sciencesfune.com, or listen on iTunes, Google Music, Podcasts, Podbean, or just search for Science is Fun E in the podcast section of your favorite podcast app. To suggest possible topics for upcoming episodes, email topics at sciencesfune.com. And remember, you could win a Science is Fun E t-shirt if you send in a suggestion and we use it in an episode. You can email me at private at sciencesfune.com or skipper at sciencesfune.com. I'm private, aka Avery Adams, hoping you have a great week. TTYL.